Welcome to Self-Centered with Lorraine Fontaine, where I check in and have conversations held with my friends, family, and homies about their self-care journey. The goal? To inspire you. To hopefully apply something you hear in this space to your own life. I remember like it was yesterday. It was a Monday evening and I was chilling in my apartment and almost right on cue, a fuckboy who I allowed to infiltrate my life called to waste my precious alone time. I'd come face to face with this overwhelming feeling of, of shit, how do I feel? What is this? I'll trade, like what, what? Ah, what, I can't. Put my finger on it. What? How am I feeling? How am I feeling? Scene. <laughs> All right, y'all. So, like, I've never really been big on expressing my emotions. Like, I would comfortably sit in contentment most days. And, you know, that led me to not be able to identify my feelings because um, I never allowed myself to experience them fully. Um, like, I would go through the experiences and processes and go through them very quickly and not take the time to understand why I felt the way I did. So like I was in a cycle of making very poor decisions. And then my close Houston friend, um, Beyonce, if you guys have heard of her, uh, has a very wonderful body of work out that's called Lemonade. And that has inspired me to listen to myself and do whatever I need to do to get through a hard time or a good time. You know, if that means I need to, if I need to scream, if I need to cry, if I need to kill, punch, stab, bleed, uh, uh, two points for you if you get that reference. Um, but yeah, if I need to scream, cry, dance to house music if I need to sing the saddest song if I need to write it out if I need to be super animated when I'm you know sharing my friends like this is what happened to me uh, like whatever it is that I'm going through like um I really just allow myself to fully fully immerse myself and just experience that and, like whatever I'm whatever I'm supposed to go through like, even though it will make me uncomfortable since I'm not used to sharing my emotions like I just I just let it go through and like to me, it's, it's all part of the experience. It's all part of growth. So I was just, even though I don't want to ex- experience bad things and, and negative things, I still feel it's necessary to process it and go through it fully. That kind of leads into be able to create boundaries. Like, okay, I, I know what these are. When I'm able to identify my feelings, I'm able to sit there and say, okay, if I experience frustration or emptiness, whatever it is that I'm experiencing after I see a specific person I want to be able to minimize that impact the next time I see them if I have to experience them again so I'm gonna establish some whatever boundary it is that I feel let's say whatever it is you feel is necessary for you establishing a boundary between yourself and that person or that experience so that you minimize the impact of having to go through that again if you perceive like that experience as being negative and ever since that Monday evening when I was that I described earlier about that fuck boy, um, I have stopped saying I'm feeling some sort of way. Because in that moment, that's what it was. It was merely me just being like, oh, I feel some sort of way. And I gotten stuck in not identifying my feelings. Oh, I'm just feeling some sort of way. Oh, there's a shift in my 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 body right now. There's something emotionally is going on, but it was like I could I could never identify like Okay, what is this? Um, So ever since that night, I stopped saying, you know, I'm feeling some sort of way. And instead, I label my emotions. And I remember the things, the people, the places, the theme, (laughs) the specific words used, anything that were like leading up to that place to try and find like, what is that common denominator? So that, uh, like I said, before the next time I do experience that emotion, I'm able to create those boundaries to minimize that shit from ever happening again. Um, also, uh, a good reason to identify your feelings is so that if you choose to share with others how you feel, there is no confusion on their end. Um, 
clearly state your feelings and, you know, don't give room for people to misunderstand you because, you know, they'll try and do that anyways. Before I get into this conversation with my guests and friend Kayla for this week, I would like to make a note that Kayla and I's conversation was recorded a few months ago during the summertime. So you'll hear some early on references to the weather being hot. Um, why you airing old shit? Um, glad you asked. Uh, because the conversation is still relevant and because it's probably going to feel like summertime next week at the rate that this world is deteriorating. So in the meantime, please enjoy our conversation. So today I have one of my good friends, Kayla, uh, in the studio with me. Say hey, girl. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, girl. <laughs> Every time I call Kayla, she answers the phone, I see her. Hey, girl. That's exactly how she sounds. Um, so I, I typically like to start off with how I know you and how we met and things of that nature. Okay. Do you remember how, when we met and how and I what? I remember. Okay. I remember how we met. You want me to tell first? Sure. Go ahead. So... We met at, no, that's not how we met. So this is how Kia and I met. We met at the Women's Earth, and my husband actually was looking for some things for me to do on Eventbrite because I think I was terrorizing him with trying to adjust to being a new Texan. I had just moved to Houston. I had been in Houston maybe six months when I um, when he sent me the Eventbrite um, information about a yoga class that they were having at the Women's Earth, and it's like a wellness studio for women. And so I went. I paid to go to this one time um, session, I guess. And Akia was there, and we were actually talking about. Um, it was a not a yoga class. Yeah, I know. it was a mental health check-in. <laughs> As my mind was rolling, I was just thinking, wait a minute, that was after the fact. <laughs> but this was like a mental health check-in. Yeah, right? it was Sheridan's event. Hey, like shout out to Sheridan. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It was, Yeah, I can't remember what the... It was check-in with your sister, with sister, call your sister. It was it's something like circle. that. It was some type of... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, like, so... Kayla was sharing like in this in the session Kayla was sharing her experiences with uh depression and uh anxiety and things like that and for whatever reason I really connected with her and the fact that she was new to the city um I know that I can you know provide a you know a good impression on her in regard to you know the city and seeing it in a different you know like I like taking people around and showing them you know happy hour you know, restaurants, you know, there's more to Houston than, you know, what people think. And so I just yeah. felt like I could, you know, she ain't got no friends here uh-uh. except for husband. So not, <laughs> I, not one. So as she <laughs> was leaving one. out, uh, I said, hey, you know, if you ever want to hang out, here's my number. You know, just, yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. You did give me your number. I for did. some reason, I thought that I asked you for yours. No. It doesn't matter. It does because I was I was the one who approached <laughs> you. Okay. It's very important in this narrative. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness, you did, you did do it. Yeah, you were. Yeah. We were standing outside and you were about to leave, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Hey, girl, uh, you know, if you ever want to hang out, I know you knew." You did, and I remember thinking, "I wonder if she really meant that," because I, you know, you meet people sometimes in settings like that, and they're like, "Hey, you know, here's my number," and it's just like. I don't, it's just kind of like a people get of, weird like when you yeah. do hit them up and it's, yeah like like a, yeah yeah I just felt like okay I'll just see and I, I ended up I think I ended up texting you maybe a couple weeks later or you did like that. yes so yeah I and I was very surprised really I was why because I didn't think you were why because usually why? people don't I mean I think people are just like nervous they just don't I don't see people typically following through I oftentimes take the initiative to do that but I don't think mm-hmm. I had your number I'm no, not sure no you didn't I didn't give you mine yeah I said I would text you <clears throat> yeah that's crazy so I guess you had the same thought that I did yeah when you 
gave me your number. Yeah. But she followed through and we're here today. <laughs> we, 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 we're still going strong. So yeah. So Hurricane Harvey, that's usually like my timeline when I say, Oh, I met Kayla. It was like, it was like maybe two weeks or so yeah, after Hurricane after Harvey. Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. A disaster. <sighs> yeah. Welcome to Houston, right? Yeah. <laughs> How do you currently feel? So I feel good. I think we talked about this recently. I feel, well, I shouldn't say I feel good, but I do feel good. Even though I have, I think, probably like a myriad of other things that I'm feeling right now. At the root of it, I feel good. I think the last time you and I went to lunch, we were t- I was telling you how I felt rooted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel that way. I still feel that way in the middle of a lot of the chaotic stuff, I think, and feel related to still kind of working through anxiety, especially around the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about the summertime that well, kind of it brings that up? Well, for some people, when they are dealing, I think, with the chemical flaw part of mental health, they say that it's the winter time when it gets cold. Like that that's the when sad a lot of people session, start to yeah seasonal they, effective they kinda of start to freeze disorder. up. But for me it's summertime and it always has been. Mm-hmm. Um because summertime it's like it's such a lively time. It's you know, a lot of people are vacationing during the summer. It's really green, it's pretty and I think into my early adulthood, summertime was especially hard for me because sometimes I start to question, I guess, the why as far as um, just still feeling anxious, still feeling heavy sometimes when nothing's even wrong. And Mm -hmm. I think that's something I'm still kind of working through um, in therapy is just, okay, you know, I feel like this. Is it like a pressure to do something mm-hmm. or it's like, you know, everybody's out and about and you, is it like a, I should be doing something that brings on this anxiety of. For me, it's like, there's so much beauty. There's a lot of happiness. There's a lot of just life happening around me. Mm-hmm. And I still kind of feel that tightness and that sharp edge of just my mental health not being, I think, out of the way, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how it feels for me. So in what ways do you cope with that? Um, like, what are your, you know, your go-to mechanism? I know writing is a big thing, and I, we're going to touch on that later. Yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> so that we can, we, can, we can do it now. <laughs> that's per- no, that's perfectly no, fine. No, we can. I mean... So writing is definitely one for me, uh, but I think I'm doing really well now with staying active, with not freezing with it, mm-hmm. not freezing with how I feel, with my anxiety, with, you know, feeling heavy, feeling have just having bad mental health days, mm-hmm. you know, days <clears throat> in a row. And we say stay active, like physically? No. Getting out? or Not just physically. Well, yeah, physically... Um, I think socially, um, I have to keep moving. And right now, because my husband and I were together so much, he's really, um, he's kind of been an anchor for me just because we do so much. We do a lot. Even if it's, even if we're not doing nothing, we're doing something and we're having stimulating conversations all the time. Whereas, you know, I used to not really open up to him like that, even into our marriage and engagement, you mm. know, I still, I, I still kind of, I still operated in our love in a business-like way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And are and now you're seeing past that. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's beautiful. Yeah, I've had to. I I didn't have a choice because, um, I think when, I think when you are married and you're dealing with mental health. You know, it's unfair to demand 100% of somebody to allow your mental health to kind of cause you to only be able to maybe project maybe 55, 60% mm-hmm. when they're, you know, giving you all that they have. And that's how, that's how John John is. That's my husband's name. He's like, hey, that. John. <laughs> he's like that. He's, um, he's just alive. He's just so, 
alive all the time and I I don't know I just thank God for him because I'm kind sometimes I'm just kind of like dang like I don't know why you're like this because I'm not a good wife and I was mean to you all last week and the week before that and you're just like Hey, just bouncing around in my face, like... Smiles. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you still love me and want to be around me. And I'm just like, dang, like, God knows. Like, thanks for having my back, God. Because, like, I'd be going through it. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. So I was glad that you have, like, a great support system. Yeah. Like, with your husband. And, like, I know your family is, you know, very instrumental in you know, your life and the work that you're continuously doing on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, um, that's what I do. I stay active, staying active socially and not only like creatively through writing, but staying active socially has honestly saved my life. I think because Mm. I wasn't always like that, even in the workplace now, um, I make an effort to talk a little more to people and not just be the recluse, you know, in the room. Um, Getting to know your coworkers is overrated. It is. <laughs> it is, but you That's know. That's my aside. <laughs> I can either do that or go in. Yes. But you do, yeah. but I but I feel you in a sense that you still want to go in and bring in that energy of I'm here, I'm happy, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Let me let me at least radiate some yeah. positive energy. Taking the time to do a little small talk mm-hmm. in the beginning, start your day, you know, the brief. Yeah, you know, chat about the weather. I can say anything, yeah. Yeah. even if it's just fake, something fake. Yeah. Like, I just say it. Like, <laughs> I just talk. I say it. You know, you be like, mm-hmm, girl. <laughs> yeah, hey, girlfriend. I go in there just like that, and that's just how I have to be because I think speaking that mood and just living in that mood and that tone, um, it it helps me. I think just knowing that. Oh, okay. I created this mood and this tone for my day. So that means it is. That means it's so. That means mm. it exists in this moment Speak in time. It. So, you know, let me go on in here and have a better attitude so I don't go home and terrorize John John. <laughs> <laughs> so the show is called Self Centered. Okay? okay. And my thought process behind that was just a balance. And I do feel like I'm balanced. Okay. I'm in tune with myself enough yeah. to know when there's a shift right and I need to get myself either I'm on even if I'm on the high end of like Mm -hmm. doing well or whatever or if I'm on the low end of like hey this is a key is not having a a great week yeah I know the energy that it takes to get me to back center yeah and I know that what that center feels like where I'm normal okay do you have that place for you have you identified what your your normal is absolutely Mm -hmm. I have and I think I'm living through a normal moment right now mm-hmm. um, through a balanced moment in, in life and I can definitely tell when the forecast internally is messed up mm-hmm. or when something's went to sh- shit can we cuss? yes you Sorry. can cuss so <laughs> <laughs> I can always tell when the forecast internally is is going left when it has went left I can tell when you know there's storms slip, flipping through up there mentally. I can tell when, like, mm-hmm. you know, stuff is being jerked around. And I'm glad that I can. I wasn't always at a space where I was able to identify that. But I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you identify and you acknowledge that this is happening and this mm-hmm. is just a part of, you know, Absolutely. your being at that moment. Yeah, it is. And I think I, I take care to lean into myself when I can tell that, okay, I'm off balance I'm not feeling good. I kind of really try to sit. I have to reflect and meditate. I feel like more than perhaps the normal person would. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's honest because I find myself sometimes taking three or four times to breathe throughout the day, um, especially when I'm working. You know, people take note. It's okay to just <laughs> pause through the, through the day and you know give yourself yeah. that. That moment of bringing Absolutely. yourself again back to center, yeah. breathing yourself, breathing out that negative shit, that negative energy that, you know, your coworker, whomever, yeah. you know, Absolutely. brought to you. And yeah. as many times as you need to, I think it's good. Yeah. I think people set aside that, you know, that, okay, right when I wake up time or just the morning quiet time. And that's good as well. But I think that do it as much as you need to, mm-hmm. you know, I find that. 
midday reflections are good for me. Mm-hmm. I find that late night, just really late at night before I go to bed, you know, if I'm just up where I can't sleep, I find mm-hmm. that those are beneficial for me too. I don't think there's a rule book to how do I meditate? Like, what's the schedule for me to get on? Mm-hmm. to take and look into myself and figure out what's going on and figure out what's came in and polluted my mind space, mm-hmm. my thinking, my attitude. Um, I just do it all throughout the day. Mm-hmm. I can't really afford for me the way that I think sometimes my thoughts can get thrown off. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to just, I don't just reserve in my mind. I'm not just thinking, okay, I'm going to use the morning time. To just meditate. A lot of people do that. A lot of religious people do that as well. But I, And nothing's wrong with that. But I think that mm-hmm. people should be open to doing that at any time during the day. More often. And yeah. I want to piggyback off what you said. Like doing it. Meditating more often. And not only doing it when things are going wrong. Yeah. Like. That's true. Creating it. So true. Have it, have it be a practice. Yeah. And still, still reflecting, like you know, hey, it's you know coming up on eleven o'clock. Let me, yeah. let me go to my car work real quick. <laughs> let me reflect on what's happened. Where am I at? Checking in with yourself, Absolutely. and not like not necessarily always doing it when something is going wrong, where you have no. to you know talk yourself down and calm yourself down. Yeah, um, and not making sure that it's like you know just a regular practice. Yeah, I, I where it's, you know second nature. You never, you don't even think <laughs> about it. It's, it's already a that. part of your routine. Absolutely, I a hundred percent agree with that. I absolutely do because I think when we do feel good and we're doing that self-care, we're doing that self-reflecting or just being self-aware, we tend to um, be able to be more creative and more productive, Mm -hmm. um, just period, not just in, you know, creating something, but I think in just living, I think in the way that we live and the way that we just are aware of our bodies, of just walking around and just having health and and you know anything that mindfulness that yeah. yeah i think that when you feel good and you do that it's it's just a cool fresh feeling to have to feel good and still self-reflect and meditate mm-hmm. it's it's a really cool yeah. feeling i do that all the time yeah because so when you said that it was it, i thought of you like you're kind of rewarding yourself yeah like and and kind of giving yourself a pat on the back like hey i'm good we're great like yeah this is you know you're in a great space cheering yourself on and continuing to do that like looking at it as like you know you're rewarding yourself with your own practices right you know you are and you should you have to do that because again i say this all the time because i'm so sensitive to life to just the spirit of life and the spirit of other humans like this is our only life. I say that all the time. I write that down all the time. That's an affirmation statement that I add and stuff all the time mm-hmm. because it is like we deserve when we feel well and when all is well to be present in the entirety of those moments. And a lot of times we don't do that. I think we take for granted when we feel good and when we are a hundred percent. So we just kind of, you know, carry on just business as usual. Mm-hmm. And, um, those moments pass us by, I think without us really just knowing that, Hey, like I've had all these moments in time in life, especially as adults where, you know, I felt good. And that's a cool thing. Cause like adulthood, it's cutthroat and, it's rough. you know, <laughs> and it's like, sometimes you feel like it's just you. Like, it's- <laughs> Like, Everybody else seems to be going just fine, and here you are just struggling. Right? Like, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> what happened, life? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Checking back in and talking to yourself, like when it's when you're on the good days. Yeah. And you know, praising yourself, like, yo, I had a really great day today. Yeah. Such and such came through, and we did this, and we talked about that, and yeah. then remembering those moments and remembering how you feel, yeah. so that when you are like in a in a possibly dark space yeah. that you were able to reflect on those moments and hopefully that you know provides like you know just a little light for you absolutely that's yeah that's what I call like refueling yourself when mm-hmm. you're able to kind of just go back and in time in your memory <clears throat> live in I think those moments of wholeness where you felt whole where you felt like I'm okay and things are going well um those are you know just I feel like memories and just moments to just kind of use it as fuel or as refuel for those days when you're just kind of burnt out because because sometimes 
it's hard for me. Sometimes all <laughs> sometimes the only thing you can grasp is a memory. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's literally all you have is just the gratitude for that. And that's just the nature of life. Life is, it's as painful, beautiful, and hard, and trying, you know, all in the same. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated that. I really do. I appreciated that. I Like, I'm only 27, but I appreciate life for being that way. I wouldn't want my life to be any other way than how it is because mm-hmm. it's taught me things that and gave me feelings and not just feelings, but I think just gave me traits, traits that I wouldn't have had. And I just wouldn't know anything about if I wasn't me, if I haven't been through what I've been mm-hmm. through. If you hadn't experienced it yeah. and reflected on it. Yeah. And made I yourself aware. That I wouldn't change a thing. Through. I wouldn't even all the, the, shitty stuff i just wouldn't change it not a lick of it Good. not even today yes <laughs> stand in it yeah <laughs> like, like look listen this is it and I, I i mean my hope my prayer for every human is that they get to a place like that one day mm-hmm. i was just thinking on my way here i was thinking um to myself uh because i found out one of my aunts recently she's been like um she's been cancer free for like a long time like almost 12 years i think but her breast cancer came back mm. and um she was like in such a good mood like you wouldn't be able to tell mm-hmm. if you didn't know what was going on in her life that that was happening and um i just kind of thought to myself like 12 years in remission or 12 years cancer free like i just thought about that and just to know that for someone who had who was you know diagnosed with like some chronic illness or something like that like cancer to just know that hey she had 12 years where like she just was in good health and she was just living and she didn't worry about it and you know her hair grew back and she was herself again for 12 years Mm -hmm. and um I don't know I just kind of I just kind of had I guess joy in my heart for her that she got to have that and not saying like that this is like an end-all situation that's happening now but I was just thinking like wow like that's a long time like 12 years is a long time mm-hmm. to you know to just not have to deal with it to keep getting yeah. that clean bill of health yeah and, and I like just, like to experience it first like experiencing yeah. the cancer and you know not even sure what yeah that future future looks like Absolutely. once you've been diagnosed with that but then to you know be able to go yeah. through 12 years and you know be at absolutely at peace yeah you know and i know i i mean i know and not just with cancer but i think with anything like when you go through something it kind of gives you a boldness it kind of gives you a different um armor when you go into war with just the elements of life again you know when you have to go and deal with something like that again i think you're prepared and you're armored with a different sense of self when you go through it and i don't feel sad for her i just don't i just have high hopes um i have a lot of high hopes for her because i know that you know she's stronger now than she was than the first time mm-hmm. so you know it's like you know how to handle it yeah you got this yeah that's exactly how i felt like i was just that's exactly what i was thinking was i'm not sad about it you know mm-hmm. have you expressed that to her I know you say, oh, you oh, just mm. said it, no, thought about I, it on the way here. I, Never mind. No, I haven't expressed it to her. And I may do that. I may do that. I may yeah. do it in person when I see her. Yeah. But, um. Because yeah. you don't know what that, that kind of, that touch will, will, you know. Yeah. What impact you saying that would have on her. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about it just because I know, like, I know she's, I don't know. I know she's probably in a really attentive and just focused place right now just on herself Mm -hmm. but that's definitely something i'll say to her eventually for sure let's go into your writing okay so kayla is a published author (laughs) um she has two books right yes two books books, butterscotch blossom Mm -hmm. and i I have it over here (laughs) self i love you more (laughs) Self, it's called Self. I love you more. Yeah. Um. So Why briefly, share. Yes. <laughs> briefly share like the idea behind each one of those books. So, um, 
The idea behind both books, honestly, was um, when I go into the writing process for just period, I'm thinking, how can I get my clarity back? How can I get peace back? How can I free myself in this moment so that whoever is going to read it or whoever I interact with um, feels the same way? Mm-hmm. I just feel like, I guess, essentially, I'm thinking, how can I create this unique energy through what I'm writing and influence and impact and infect other people with it? That's mm-hmm. honestly what I'm thinking. Um, I when it, When I write just period and I know I'm writing to publish because sometimes I write leisurely sometimes I'm writing for therapeutic reasons sometimes I'm writing to create so when I'm writing to create like my two books um, my first book Butterscotch Blossom was written because I wanted to talk about anxiety and the face of it and how it looked I needed Mm -hmm. to do that because I had a lot of crazy stuff happen in my life um to where I didn't always have a the foundation that I have now, even from family mm-hmm. of understanding that I have now. And I hate that I didn't have that luxury when I was in, you know, that confused kind of lost place of just dealing with it because um, I probably wouldn't have done some stuff that I did. But okay, <laughs> no, yeah, we're not going into details. It's cool. It's cool. But, yeah, but no, I um, so butterscotch blossom. Uh, that's the first one you all yes it is a book and the title honestly um is something that is symbolic of me who i am my skin tone the skin i'm in the skin i'm walking around living in just kind of being breathing in uh that's butterscotch and i always like to associate life and myself with flowers with plants because specifically perennial plants and there's um a chapter in my book where I talk about plants and just their process of, you know, just being deep rooted, being in the soil, um, how it's dark in the soil, but, um, you know, there's something beautiful and I feel like purposeful going on when it is dark or when you are in the soil. And I kind of associate, I think anxiety and depression with what the soil is and what it represents for plants. Um, Mm. I think it's, in my opinion, when we're in heavy, heavy places, I think that's the, I think we're in an environment where we can kind of uniquely grow and be molded on our own. Even if we're in it by ourselves, I kind of look at it as being, you know, I guess on the potter's wheel. I, that's, that's. I got that from Baptist Church. But anyway, that's how it feels because like you're being molded, you don't know what's going to happen or you don't know what you're going to be when you come out. But all you know is that, okay, I can feel some stuff moving. I Mm -hmm. can feel when I'm being watered. I can feel it being watered, crying, sweating, being sad. Um, I can feel when I'm being watered in the soil, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and I can feel when it doesn't hurt so much. When it doesn't hurt so much being, okay, I'm starting to kind of peak, to sprout, I guess. I'm starting to blossom oh. at that point. <laughs> so There you go. <laughs> so that's, that is kind of where I got Butterscotch Blossom from. Mm-hmm. Butterscotch Blossom is a narrative, and they're pretty much short stories and poetry about what anxiety is what it looks like, uh, details about the feelings of it, um, how it impacts, I think it's survivors. I don't want to say victims. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're victims. At all. But at all. Um, that's what it was for me. And it was just a collection over about three years that I just would write different things about anxiety. Um, I shared with you before <clears throat> that i um been in a lot of treatment spaces for anxiety, you know, inpatient, facilities group sessions outpatient group therapy and um that's what I talk about in butterscotch blossom the heart of the book is you know how do you work through it I think it's it's so common right now Mm -hmm. I think our especially millennials our generation is flooded with anxiety and depression and Mm -hmm. 
And the thing is, it's always been yeah. around. It's just weird the generation that's yeah. talking about it. Yeah, because it doesn't feel good. It's like, I'm not, a, it's like. I'm not trying to suffer like y'all. No. The like, people before me. <laughs> I want to love myself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I like, want to really, live. Y'all really been on edge for 50 years? <laughs> right. It ain't done a damn thing about it. No. And I hate that. I hate it so much. I really do. But what what's the generation called before us? What was their generation called? I always call anybody after uh, anybody before me baby boomers. <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that with my parents and see if they even know. Even if they were born in eight, yeah. eighty-three. Like. Oh my goodness! But yeah, I think that the millennials have essentially flooded society and just the culture with this is how I'm feeling. I don't think we believe so much in just hey, I'm gonna put my work on my back and just produce 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 in life and not talk about how I feel Mm -hmm. um I think we're also a really creative and resourceful generation and I appreciate that about us but um I was honestly just kind of encouraged just to start to create through writing because it was something that I love to do and also because of a lot of my peers a lot of people I had met in my treatment spaces Mm -hmm. um I'm just so excited that so many people want to live who are in who have been through a lot of dark stuff and a lot of dark spaces I'm glad so many people want to live and um that's the heart of where Butterscotch Blossom came from Mm -hmm. um so if I love you more is more of a uh I guess it's more of a a guide Mm -hmm. it talks about all the different ways we spoil ourselves from having self-love which is basically talks about just a lot of negative behaviors and thought patterns that we have and I was in a space to kind of write that because when I moved to Houston I was um missing out I think on the cool moment that I was in with my husband and us being newlyweds being in a new city um having pretty much a canvas to just create and have new life experiences on and I was so anxious and homesick that I was spoiling that for us. Mm-hmm. So Self I Love You More was born when I was writing myself out of that place. And that's exactly what I did. I wrote myself out of that place of um, sadness, out of feeling victimized, out of self-sabotage. And um, it was beautiful. It really was. Mm-hmm. And it's so, aff- affirmation-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. it's an affirmation series. Each chapter... Um, begins with an affirmation and pretty much a topic mm-hmm. um for you're able to write to into it on. yeah yeah it's self-guided you can include your own affirmations in each chapter there's a section for you to do that and then there's pretty much um the chapter that has different narratives and it's pretty much a guide it's a self-guided aff- that's exactly what it is a self-guided affirmation series for you know people to just kind of address okay what am I doing in life right now that's causing me to not be able to live Mm -hmm. completely what's causing me to get up every day and just kind of let the days pass me by and me not be present and me not be aware me not be grateful you know me not even really look at myself and look at what I'm doing how I feel what I look like that's what self I love you more was about because that's what I had to do because I was really going through the motions not really fixing myself up not getting cute sometimes and I you know was John saying something (laughs) he wasn't but he was looking at me funny he was looking at me funny sometimes and we would be out this is when I noticed like oh you're tripping Kayla cause he wouldn't do things he would want me to hang out with him and the group of guys that he had, you know, created, you know, a friendship and a network with most of them had significant others as well. So he made an effort for when I first moved for us to go out with them a lot. I think that was his way of just kind of trying to show me people kind of trying to get me out and help Mm -hmm. me to interact because I just wasn't doing it. And I just kind of looked around and we were at Topgolf one day. Mm hmm. And girl, girl, I looked around and I was just kind of thinking, wow, Kayla, you really, you got on this t-shirt, 
You didn't really do nothing to your hair. Like... These other young the ladies your age got a full are, face of makeup on. Are cute. Probably wore heels. They didn't even have full faces of makeup on. They were just like, they just look like, hey, I got up, you know, fixed myself up a little, put a little blush on my cheeks. Even if they didn't do that, they just clearly put more thought into their outfit and appearance than I did because I looked like, I didn't look bad. But I was just not mindful of how I was dressing my body. Mm. And that might not seem like a big deal, but I think a lot of people rationalize when they get in moments in life where they stop to um, feel like they want to put anything into their appearance, into what they look like. And that's a big part of us. That's a big part of life. Like, what do we look like? Do I feel good about what I look like? Mm -hmm. And if you don't care about what you look like, like if you genuinely act like you don't care or you kind of walk that out in life I think that it speaks to other things that are kind of going on internally Mm. so that's that was kind of like a visual for me because I had on like this blue t-shirt it was like it wasn't like a tie-dye shirt it was like you know the faded Mm t-shirts sometimes it was like this little faded blue t-shirt and I had on these leggings I wear leggings all the time but I have some leggings on now. Yes. But the leggings, <laughs> the leggings that I had on at the time, they were green. They were green, green leggings. And they weren't really cute. They didn't have stains in them or anything like that. I wish I had a picture to show you what I had on that mm-hmm. night. But I guess it's good that I don't. Yeah. My hair was really dry looking, you know. And a kid will tell you, I just have a lot of hair. Yes, she does. And a big mane, yeah. I looked like I had done nothing to try to moisturize myself, moisturize my face, my body. Like you just rolled out of bed, like, essentially. <laughs> not even so much that I rolled out of bed. Like, it was just like, okay, you look like you just kind of been sitting around the house all day. You're in your lounge clothes. Your husband said, hey, let's go out. And you were just like, cool, let's go. Just hopped in the car. <laughs> Got in the car. But they were so cute. I was looking at the girls around me. We were all like the same age. And I was like, dang, they're so cute. Like, <laughs> <I'm sitting here. laughs> So that was kind of like an aha moment for me. Like, Kayla, why don't you care? Why don't you want to get cute? Like, mm-hmm. why don't you want to wear your cute stuff? You have tons of clothes. Your husband's bought you tons of clothes. Y'all been to these new malls out here that you live around now like why don't you want to you know fix yourself up you know and I think for me I was just kind of like because I don't feel good because I just don't think about that right now I'm Mm -hmm. more I'm so focused on I guess how I feel on wow like what do I do now I'm in this new city like what to do so um that was an aha moment for me to just kind of step into a self I love you more moment and tell myself all the reasons why I had to love myself more all the reasons why I needed to intentionally do that and speak that every day because mm-hmm. because yeah I mean not to be dramatic be dramatic it's okay yeah. for us to have those moments where we just you know we just need to have a few days where we just figure ourselves out maybe we're sitting down maybe we're quiet maybe we don't answer the phone and stuff like that but I had went some months like that some Mm. months just feeling like that and acting like that and I can't get that time back and I will always identify those moments in life where I was alive but I was living dead Mm. you know and that's how I that's how I feel yeah Yeah, I just feel like okay if I was but you're not here yeah if my life was a lawn and I was in a helicopter looking down on it I'll see where the grass is dead and that moment in time where I was just kind of not doing anything just kind of mentally numb mm-hmm. and um I just think it's important to fight fight our way out of those spaces you, like it's like yeah. you have to you have to be active in your yeah. your healing and your you have to your approach you have to because I don't it's wanna, a continuous thing y'all it'll always be it always will be as long as you're alive and breathing like mm-hmm. I don't believe in being a cynic or something like that. I don't believe in that. I think that life is supposed to be lived full, 
wild, crazy, creatively. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that it's supposed to be mediocre, mm-hmm. you know. Mediocre is all about your perspective. I don't mean that. We're not all trying to jump out of planes. Like, that's not what she like. No. Living life and just I wouldn't even on the that. edge and just doing, <laughs> yeah, doing wild and reckless shit just because you got even, one life. But, I would know. not even jump out of a plane. Yeah. But um, I do want to intentionally, hey, even if I am feeling heavy, I want to get up and walk around and live, talk to my husband, go hang out with friends, you know, have that conversation with my mom, not ignore everybody's phone calls three or four days in a row. You know, I want to live through those moments anyway mm-hmm. and be active in them, even if I don't want to. And I think that's what being alive is all about. Yeah, I think that's a part of what people, when they say like doing the work, mm-hmm. like it's such a general phrase. And I hear a lot of people say doing the work. And I'm just like, but what does that mean? <laughs> doing the work. But I think that was a good example yeah. of that. Yeah, I think doing the work is whatever you need. Yeah. Whatever you need and whatever is good for you. In line with writing, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned like you, I know you carry your journal around. I'm pretty sure you have like maybe five in your car right now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I know like if you do really, if you do nothing else, you write. Yeah. Um, absolutely. So if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Um, Maybe in like how to, maybe tools and tactics how to use writing as a like you know it's my, free do what you got to do yeah. my younger writing self I think that um, I would just tell that version of me to do it anyway to write anyway because I think words and storytelling have always connected with me when it came to expression and when it came to getting rid of energy or collecting energy back you know Mm. um words and storytelling I've always been I've always been like that I've always been real imaginative and just really kind of weird in a sense you know I had this obsession with Peter Pan all while I grew up yeah and (laughs) I still do I don't so much because I really think it bothered my husband but um <laughs> not in a bad way but I, i'll tell you that later yeah but um peter pan like that was like my fairy tale obsession just because the whole idea of neverland and the whole idea of not growing up and keeping your wonder and keeping i think that inner child alive mm-hmm. and um alive and just in a safe in a safe space I think on into eternity on into the day you die I I think that inner child I would hope that for everybody it's always somewhere inside of you bouncing around you know I would just tell myself to write anyway back then because I think because of my childhood and because of a lot of cutthroat stuff I experienced I think a part of the child in me was telling me hey, like, grow up, get serious, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. Um, and I wish that, I wish that I had more of a influence back then to kind of tell me, like, no, right, like, right, like, write that weird story that you keep thinking about or mm-hmm. that, you know, you recorded on your phone, like, write it anyway write that thought down or write that short story down that you just came up with because I didn't I would literally um I would just be in a daze sometimes for hours at a time just because um my safe space was always in my head in a way which is weird because on into my adulthood you know a lot of heaviness came from my my mental mind space but Mm -hmm. either way yeah I would just tell myself to keep writing like to just write it down like to just sit down and do it like you don't have to feel pressed you don't have to feel like you have to grow up fast because I did feel like that I really did I felt like that for a lot of reasons that my childhood was like you know the time was up I always felt like I was just anticipating being a teenager Mm -hmm. um 
I think, being a young adult, I was always anticipating that, like, wanting to stand in that and be the best there. But I would I would definitely tell the the young writer in me, and I've always been a writer. Um, I, I love writing, even in, like, elementary school. That was always my favorite mm-hmm. class, my favorite subject, English writing, cursive writing. I just love to do that. I just... I just like doing it, just the motion of doing it, all of that. Yeah, I think a lot when it comes to, well, I hear a lot of talk of uh, focusing on your inner child. Yeah. And I think we do lose sight of of that and, you know, going back and speaking to that person. Yeah. Telling them, seeing what they needed, you know, and that oftentimes when we reflect to those moments in our life when we were younger and talk to our younger selves. We, there's a lot of insight there. Yeah. You know, because, we, you know, we were lost as kids. <laughs> a lot of us were. Right. And so, yeah. you know, and having just even having a conversation with yourself, like the back and forth, you know, with your younger self and having it like it's a healthy dialogue. y'all. It and having that dialogue and opening that 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 channel up so that you can stay connected yeah. to, you know, your your inner child. It is. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's it's necessary. It's. We can't change things that happen, but we can go back and rewrite how we feel about things mm-hmm. and how we want to process things and how we want to incorporate that into our lives mm-hmm. now as adults. We have the power to do that, yeah. to change, really to change the narrative mm-hmm. of, of what, like our experience don't necessarily like define us, but we can definitely rewrite the narrative that we, that sits in our mind. Absolutely. And I think we have to. I think everybody has a narrative that they need rewritten mm-hmm. if they look deep enough. Even if we're, you know, we think we're perfect. Yeah. they. I think <laughs> <Like> everybody. <laughs> There's one thing in everybody that's like, hey, like, oh, this is why I do this like this now or yeah. say this like this now or why, I, you know, don't care about this. Um, there's always one thing. Mm-hmm. And looking back, and it's always it's almost always rooted in our childhood mm-hmm. because we've you know we've done a lot of repressing yeah. and I mean other times when you just forget and then once you think back you're just like oh shit that did happen yeah oh somebody did say that to me and, <laughs> and when I was younger that triggered these emotions and this is why I feel this way as an adult when someone says that or does you know yeah. X Y Z so then talking to yourself okay why why did you feel this way in that moment yeah talking that out and then being able like I said when you, when it's presented to you again in our adulthood we're able to process it better because we've already identified exactly it. Yeah, I agree. It's, I think a lot of people probably don't think of it like that because adulthood is so fast paced. And I think that it's easy to try to, um, I think misplace something in adulthood being I think our reasons for our reactions, our behaviors, our thoughts, thought Mm -hmm. processes in adulthood, a lot of people don't think, okay, what was little me thinking? What happened to little me? And um, that's that's something I always think about. I do, because I always find something back there where I'm just like, there it goes. Like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Like, (laughs) and sometimes I'll even call my mom and my sister and be like, do y'all remember this? Like, do y'all remember this? And my mom is so funny because she's like, oh my goodness, Kayla, like, why do y'all always want to bring, my mom's real country, but she'll be like, why do y'all always want to bring that up? And I'm just like, I just remembered it, girl. But mm-hmm. I just, sometimes I'll just call them and be like, guess what I just thought of? And it was just like little aha moments where I'm just kind of like, okay, let me pull this little trinket out, you know, dust it off, fix it up, make it better. <laughs> My bad. I really thought I had it on airplane mode. Oh, but I took it off to look up the the the, the thing. Um, yeah, the generation. Yes. You said your parents were born in the fifties. In sixties. Sixty sixty five to seventy six is Gen X. Okay. Okay. So Gen X, yeah, they have different details. They're they're different. And I really encourage if you're listening now and. You are in that that bracket that is, you know, older than us, and you have parents, your grandparents. I do encourage you all to take time. So you know, because this podcast is for, it's for millennials. Yeah, it's for for the people who, me and my friends, and and <laughs> just just to listen and get resources, and you know, hopefully that's something that is said sparks something in someone's life to 
I don't want to say spark again, but that's what's sitting there. That's spark okay. action. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but encouraging those that may not listen to this, like I try to encourage my parents all the time right. to, you know, take care of themselves. You know, what did you do for yourself? And, yeah. Hey, you need to get out the house, go exercise, do, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. Or even just asking, you know, the more, you know, tough questions that they don't want to be confronted with. Right. And, you know, cause my parents, they're like yours, yeah. very rooted in the word religion and yeah. Bible and stuff like that. And while that is great, I also just want them to know that that's not the only way. Right. There are many other ways and you can still stay connected to God. Right. And so I try to push that on my parents and ever so, you know, gently way. Um, <laughs> but That's I would like good. to say taking time to encourage those folks in your life mm-hmm. that, you know, like, you know, for sure that they're not taking care of themselves. But, you know, yeah. speaking a word into them and being, you know, don't just do it one time, being persistent about it so that it stays on their mind. Right. What does self-care look like to you in like a more tangible way okay so I am honestly going to kind of tie it back into what I said earlier because that's honestly what it looks like for me today is is action Mm. self-care to me and everyone self-care you know, ritual or routine is different. But for me, it's all about action. Because when I'm too still, or when I'm too frozen, or too numb inside, um, I don't look at life the same. And I don't like, that's not a good space for me to be at. So self care to me is, again, I think being socially aware, socially conscious, I think even when it comes to things like um you know perhaps politics or culture um I used to feel like you know what I don't care about any of that it gives me anxiety I don't want to talk about any of that but honestly I find that now just the knowledge of those things and kind of the knowledge of knowing what's going on and how I can impact and influence what's happening around me in the world because of what's going on Mm -hmm. I think that piece of action you know which comes from knowledge is also um, something that's really lifted me up. So I would say being socially aware, mm-hmm. I would say being active in my relationships with my family, my friends, and... I love when I get texts from you out of nowhere. <laughs> I was like, oh, Kayla was thinking about me. Because Kayla be like in her own world, and I just let her have her moment. We see each other, I would say maybe every one to two months. For Is that real? fair? I was once a month. Okay. Well, it may well be- it one or two. We may have a skip month, you know, just. <laughs> uh uh-uh. For real? Yeah. Maybe. I got a lot of miss. Yeah. I, got- I think we, well, I think it's like we're aware that each other is around. We have a social media presence. So it yeah. seems like we're, you know, connected in that way. Yeah. But I think seeing each other in person and going out and hanging out, it's a. I'll try to be so- more aware of that because I, I honestly don't feel like it's like ever been two months okay but anyways i'm gonna have to go back and challenge that okay okay <laughs> she's gonna scroll through the, the text I, um, <laughs> the thread. When is, when did I see? um but and i think being aware of myself i always tell myself hey challenge this thought challenge this feeling if i'm feeling down if my anxiety so bad that you know um, it's manifesting physically. My chest is tight. My head hurts. Um, I'm feeling short of breath. I'm always challenging myself. Why do you feel this way? Um, why are you thinking this? Um, look what you have. Look around you. You are really blessed. Um, those are very common thoughts that I have because it's easy, I think, to victimize ourselves at a time like now just because of how we might feel mentally. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to be so self-aware that we give our chance, give ourselves a chance to save ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. before we go and try to distract ourselves with something else. So I say all that to say self-care to me looks like being self-aware. 
it's more of an internal thing than it is an external thing or going to get a massage or doing something like that for me it's always going to be more of an internal spiritual awareness that's going to ultimately give me that bump or give me that kick in the butt to say wait get up you know yeah keep going yeah it's always going to be that before it is I think being self-aware and self-awareness to me is how do I feel internally what do my relationships look like who needs to be here who doesn't um, I love that one <laughs> um, what am I saying to myself that's not true why am I letting myself say that so that's that's ultimately my, my self care is letting that mother slash protector in me come to focus and say okay who needs to go who needs to stay mm-hmm. what do we need to change about how we're thinking and what we're saying and how we're acting towards the people in our lives <clears throat> John John that's my dog man like i'm with him so much and i'm just like i'm telling you i'm being mean to john john for no reason that's kind of like an okay sit down and talk to yourself like look inside figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. you know because he's just gonna look at me he ain't even gonna say nothing (laughs) (laughs) your husband is really funny but i don't think he intends to be He's no, <laughs> that's just him. Like he is so. There's nobody like him in the world. Like, <laughs> like his curiosity is like when he asks questions. It's so funny because it's like <laughs> it's more like, are you sure you want to do that? Like I don't know. It's I can't really put that in words. It's <laughs> he has a childlike curiosity. Yeah, that maybe that's what it is. He has a childlike. Yeah dialogue that he kind of brings into the conversation or the interaction with anybody he talks to and people think that's funny but that's really how he is and I think that's what I connect with I call him my Peter Pan all the time and he doesn't like that Mm -hmm. but um understandable (laughs) (laughs) but that's that's how he is that's I'm just like wow like my own real life but yeah Oh, mm-hmm. look like, oh, look at that. Just, yeah. See? He acts like that, too. <laughs> yes, your younger self was manifesting that. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I was. It's like, I don't need a knight in shining armor. I need Peter. <laughs> so, the last question that I have, and I like to pose this to everyone. Okay. What is your hope for your future self? Um... My hope for my future self, it's crazy because, like I said, I'm so sensitive to just the spirit of life, what life is, and just living every day and just making it through the day and through months and times and years without being hurt, you know, without having an accident, without being, you know, somebody who's, you know, you know, killed and not to be dramatic, but I I just look at life like that, like every day, like I reflect so deeply that I'm like, wow, I'm glad that I made it through this day. Okay. I made it through it alive. And those are things to be excited Mm. about. So I honestly, my hope for my future self is honestly peace. Um, yes, it's peace. I would like to have perfect peace. Um, peace to me is not so much. Oh, I'm not worrying about nothing, you know, I'm not going through bad things, but I would love to just have an underlining thought over everything in my life that says, um, it'll always be all right. Um, and that's for whatever is to come, whether it's grief, uh, riches, wealth, any of that. And anything that comes with all those things, I would love to have peace that really, that I could feel like was really holding me and kind of walking me through life where I, I just, I'm not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of there. Well, I'm working on getting there. Mm-hmm. But my goal is to have a peace that makes me fearless. And that's what I want for my future self. Mm-hmm. Especially the future me 
who might be a mom or a leader of something, um, of, you know, a platform. I want peace that makes me fearless, I think, so. That, like, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Yeah, I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm not afraid of, you know, have going through anxiety. I'm not afraid of experiencing feelings that I haven't felt before, you know, like grief or being a mom, um, just different things like that. I just want to have a warrior spirit that is just ready for whatever. Mm. And that's what I want. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kayla, <laughs> for joining me. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. This was. And it was so <laughs> much easier than I thought it was going to be. Because, yeah. like, I just didn't know what to expect. But that's the oh. thing I like talking to my friends because it's just, I mean, conversations just flow. And it's, this was so that's fun. why I went to call all my friends to be a part of this with me. Because I like hearing other people's stories and mm-hmm. seeing and hearing their journeys and stuff like that. Like that's always been my thing because I feel, always felt like I didn't have one, yeah. a real journey type yeah. of thing. Like I don't go through struggle. Like I had a pretty <laughs> decent life. Like I was very protected and taken care of. And so yeah. like when I hear other people when they go through, like it's it is eye opening. It's it allows me to be more empathetic and sympathetic mm-hmm. t- towards people. Yeah. Um. And so I feel like that's also a part of my growth as well. Mm-hmm. Like so. And that's good. That's yeah. That's good. Everybody doesn't have a chance to do that. And I'm glad that you have it sounds like such a variety of friends that kind of are able to give you, I guess, different outlooks or maybe not outlooks, but just different stories. Yeah. Cuz it's cool that you're, you know, it's it's neat. It's awesome that, you know, in your own way you're going to be you know, unique vessel for, I think, people to hear, um, hear things that maybe they wouldn't hear, you know, in other spaces like this, so. Thank you so much. You guys can, (laughs) girl, you guys can find Kayla on, what's your, your handle at Kayla Oye? Yes, I am on Instagram as at Kayla underscore Oye, O-Y-E. And then I would also encourage you guys to buy Kayla's books, her work. Um, those Butterscotch Blossom and Self, I Love You More. Yes. And those you can also find on her platforms as well. Yes. So absolutely. Please support Kayla and her writing endeavors. Thank you. This thank is all, you. you know, it's part of her healing and hopefully <laughs> that it can be also become a part of your healing as well. Yes. So thank you again. Thanks, guys. See ya.